Today, we're going to read out of uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And as you get your Bibles and look for Ephesians, the purpose of this book that Paul wrote is to make clear the new position and practices of those who believe in Christ. That was the purpose that, of Paul writing this letter to the Ephesians, is to make clear the new position and practices of those who believe in Christ. Start with uh, chapter 4, verse 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles or unbelievers do, for they are hopeless, confu hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and you have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew you, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, cre created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul, abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Lord, we thank you for your word, my God. We thank you, Father, for it is plain and it is clear, my God, what your word communicates. My God, we could end it right now, my God, because there's no need to interpret this, my God, because it is clear. Lord, we ask that you open our hearts, open our minds, my God, that we may understand what your will is for us, my God. Lord, we pray, Father, that every decision that we make, that we run it through your word, my God, anything that we do that we run it through your word my God that we be the holy people that you call us to be my God we love you in Jesus name amen alright y'all dismissed we're good nah right right okay so the word of God the word of God teaches that um, there's a purpose in our life and we get, we try to get too the 
theological to and, and try to find out what what really is our purpose you know we ask God should I move and and ask for signs and then it starts raining so okay that's a, that's confirmation we need to move type thing and that's crazy you know uh, the word of God teaches that in Romans in Romans chapter 8 verse 29 and 30 it basically says that we are created to reflect Christ that's what he created us for that is our eternal eternal purpose is to reflect Christ that is why he came that is why he bought us at a price is so that we may reflect him that is the purpose if we start there if we just start right there then we're good because if we go anywhere else with that then we start getting confused we start playing uh, roulette with the Bible and you know flip it and be like okay this is what the no we are created just for him and to worship him so first I want to touch on verse number 17 it says with the Lord's authority I say live no longer no longer as the unbelievers do for they are hopelessly confused now, in other versions, it says, walk as, no longer as Gentiles do. There's versions that tell us, talks about walking, and this expresses a daily conduct. Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 17 through 20, and I'll just read it, it says, A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so can you identify people by their actions. You could identify people by their actions. So this is an orange grove right here, okay? Bunch of orange trees, okay? and. There's an apple tree right there. And he looks at himself, he's like, no, I'm an orange tree, right? But he has an apple hanging off his tree. But he's like, but I'm an orange tree. Can't you see I'm in the orange grove? I'm an orange tree. And then you look at him like, you got an apple hanging off that branch. You got an apple hanging off of that branch. So you're an apple tree. No, I'm an orange tree. Don't be fooled. Test your, test your, your, the way you live. You'll tell a tree by its fruit. So if your fruit is grimy, check yourself. Because you know what? People, the word of God teaches that the world goes against God because of the way we act. Because they're watching us. Call, call, represent Christ and see what happens at, at work, at school. You start being, you get put under a microscope. If you walk in mad and upset one day, what's wrong with you? I'm human. I had a bad day. Why aren't you talking to nobody? Would you think you're better than somebody? So we get put under a microscope quick as soon as you represent Christ. So we got to make sure that our fruit reflects Christ because we don't want to 
give a bad testimony. And verse number 18 says, unbelievers are spiritually separated from God. Verse number 18 says, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. So because we have hardened our hearts against him, our minds and our convictions aren't right. And a lot of us, we, we tend to go with our convictions rather than go with the word of God. But the word of God tells me that we, we, our convictions sometimes could be seared. You know, we could be so desensitized to the truth of scripture and, the, and, and what God wants us to do because we compare our life to Joe or Bob, the Christian over here, and you see him and you're like, well, he's doing it and he's a leader in the church. And you wanna compare your life to them rather than compare your life to scriptures. And that's where we mess up because what Bob and Joe could do, you might not could do. So we gotta be careful that we don't measure our walk with the Lord and compare it to someone else. This is a relationship. You guys don't have the same relationship that I have with my wife. Me and my wife have an exclusive relationship. There's people that have relationships with my wife, friendships or whatnot, but me and her, we have a special relationship. That's the same thing with the Lord. I have a relationship with the Lord that you may not have. I may be able to do things or not do things that you're able to do. That's why we seek the Lord in prayer. We seek the Lord in his word. And if for some reason your convictions contradict the scripture, always go with the word of God. Always go with the word of God. You know, don't, don't, don't get crazy and be like, well, that doesn't convict me. Well, does it align with the word of God? Scripture says, have that, let there be no, not one hint of immorality among you. That's, that's one, not one hint. That's crazy. And as I've been reading Ephesians, I've been getting beat up. I've been reading it for a month now. And I got caught up and went to the movies recently. And uh, I watched the movie. And I'm sitting there. This was a great movie, y'all. This was a, I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it was an awesome movie. <laughs> and I don't want to put nobody on blast. I'm going to put myself on blast. So I'm sitting there watching this movie, and, uh, and I'm like, man. And this, the, the word of God keeps coming into my mind. No hint of immorality. No coarse uh, jesting. Here, let me, let me read it for y'all. It says, um, Five, uh, verse three. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Dang. So I've been reading that the whole like month, and I'm sitting there in this movie theater. There was a lot of obscene stories in that movie. There was a lot of foolish talk. Them jokes were crazy, like double-minded jokes. And I'm like, man, am I? And they were funny. So I'm like laughing. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The word of God was convicting me. I was, I started to be like, man, I, 
I was getting uncomfortable. I should have walked out and started screaming blasphemy or something. <laughs> I saw a movie and, 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 and I saw a movie, it's called The Time Traveler. And it's a, a, a movie about a old time preacher that has a friend that builds a time machine and um, he gets to travel like into time. So he's way back in the 1700s, I think, or whatnot. And he gets to travel like into the uh, year 2000. And he goes to the movie and, you know, I guess back in the day, like stuff was way different, you know, like there was a respect for, for God. There was a respect for uh, things of the Lord and he went to watch a movie and they, uh, the curse word came up, you know, cursing God came up and that man ran out of the movie theater like, you're cursing God. This is blasphemy. And he made a humongous deal and people were looking at him like, dude, what are you talking about? How many movies do we sit there and just watch while they curse our father, our God? And we just sit there and we just watch it and we have no problem with it. We just let it go. It's just a movie, you know. So I've been being beat down by the word of God and my lifestyle because I like to be entertained. I like to have fun. I like to go to the movies. I like to watch TV and, and, and play games or whatever, be online. But when I read this, let there be no sexual immorality, no impurity, or greed among you, such sins have no place among God's people. I've seen stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. There is, these are not pure. These are not for you. That's what it says. And again, there's, there's not much interpretation that you need for that. That's like, my son could understand that. Like, a little kid could really understand that. There's no preaching that needs to be, there's no... Uh, uh, leaders or theologians don't need to get together and try to break this down because it says what it says. You know, like, no obscene stories, foolish talk, or it's joking. That's it. So, I work at a place where there's a lot of people and they're always joking. They're always saying funny things and, and I have to catch myself because they're watching me. And how am I supposed to represent Christ if I'm indulging or doing the same things that they're doing, laughing and, and doing the same and practicing the same things that they practice. God is calling us to be holy. If you look at the times, you know, that we live in, the days are evil. The word of God says in the last days that things that are good are going to be looked at as bad and things that are bad are going to be looked at as good. That's what we live in. We live in these last days. So if the word communicates that Jesus Christ is coming back for a holy church we need to get holy because if we don't start walking in holiness then you're going to be that dude that says well Lord I did this in your name well Lord I, I was the youth minister or I was the usher or whatever I, I, it, it gets deep because they even say Lord I did miracles casted out demons in your name I've never done that I've never seen a miracle so these dudes were like doing something and when they came to the Lord Lord is like well depart from me for I never knew you you doer of iniquity so there was something going on in the hearts of these folks you know they 
they were probably doing all this stuff in, you know, in, in the cities or in the synagogues or wherever, but their lifestyle at home where nobody could see must, be, must have been something crazy. They must have been watching some craziness on, I don't know, television or whatever to where they get called out to where, depart from me for I never knew you. You know, and I'm not trying to say go throw away your TV or don't ever go to the movies. You know, don't don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is there's a lot of things out there that, that are good. You know, the word of God says all things are permissible, right? But I, not all things are profitable, right? So there's a lot of things that may not necessarily take you to hell, you know, but are they profitable? Are you redeeming the time? You know, are you using the time that God has given you in a way that brings glory or edifies somebody or are you serving somebody? You know, are you loving on them? This is what the Lord calls us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 says, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's word to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So verse 18, going back to verse 18 of Ephesians, it says, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. So an unbeliever does not understand things of God. An unbeliever has hardened his heart. So when you speak to them, and I don't know if you guys do any um, sharing of your faith, but share your faith and you'll start seeing how the truth, they look at you like you're brainwashed. You're, you're sharing truth with them, and they look at you like, dude, you are brainwashed because you have taken a stand to say the word of God says that homosexuality is a sin just like lying, just like uh, cheating, just like all these things are sins. But then they look at you like, why are you so close-minded? I mean, I think Jesus was pretty close-minded. You know, the word of God, you know, there's no half-stepping in it. You know, it's not, well, I'm going to be holy in this area of my life, you know, in my church life. But then at work, I'm going to leave God out of this one. Because, see, we all have church life. We have a work life. We have a house life. We have a social life. We have uh, all these areas in our life that we want to, like, just let Jesus be in the church life. We don't take him to work with us because... If you get caught up, you know, sharing Christ, you're in danger of getting fired or they look at you and, you know, so you don't take them to work with you. Then if you're in school, you don't take them to school with you because everybody in the schools is doing, you know, whatever they want to do. And you don't want to be the outcast. You don't want to stand alone. So you don't take them to school with you. Then you're going to do your entertainment part of your life. You don't take them to the movies with you. You don't take them to to GameStop when you're about to buy a game, you know, and, and, and be like, all right, Lord, let's see if this, if this is something that's going to be 
profitable. Or is this is something that's going to be edifying. Now, do, you, do we do that? There's a lot of games that are crazy. There's a game called Halo that I heard that if you, t and this is might be crazy, but I heard that if you start listening to that background music, it's actually a prayer to Satan that they're, you know, during the background music, that they're praying. And I don't play games. I don't like games, so I'm not a, you know, I'm not a gamer, you know, but I know people that play games and that, that have, you know, listened to this and they're like, and they say that they don't get affected by this, but I don't believe that because everything that goes in has to come out, right? So whatever you feed in yourself, whatever you're, you're, you're feeding your, your body, it has to come out in the same way. Whatever you're feeding your eyes, whatever you're listening to, whatever you're watching, it comes out. It comes out throughout your life. It comes out the way you react to certain things. All that stuff starts to come out. When you're angry, whatever you're feeding yourself comes out. When you're sad, the, whatever you're feeding yourself comes out. You might just get so sad and depressed and you're not feeding yourself the word of God knowing that there is deliverance, knowing that there is power, knowing that that you could lay your burdens on Christ and, and keep on moving. And then you get all down and then, you know, you don't want to leave your house and then you sit there and then all these things just start to happen. It's because you're not feeding, you're watching talk shows and you're watching all this garbage on television that is not edifying to you. So when things happen in your life, you just don't react the right way because you don't have the word of God in you that helps you react in the right way in situations. Verse 19 says, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. That's what the world does. That's what the world does. The world, they have no sense of shame. They don't, there is no shame. I remember back in the days where, like, you couldn't disrespect an adult. You know, like, now you're even scared to try to, you know, check a young buck that's acting crazy because homie might try to hit you and then call the cops on you. You know, and now you're in trouble. You can't. There's no sense of shame. And I'm not picking on homosexuality, but that is the sin of the time, right? I was watching television, and there's like a gay day or gay week in Disney. So right now, if I was to go to Disney right now, my kids would be exposed to this stuff, you know? And they're okay with it. No shame. Back in the days, that stuff you kept in, you know, that's why they said, you know, you're in the closet, you know, because they were in the closet, because there was some shame. Now it's like, Everybody's coming out the closet and getting calls from the president on some like, good job. Really? Can I get a call? You know, good job for being a, 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 a good husband, you know, or good job for being a good, a good dad. I, I just, president, give me a call. Holla at me because help me out. No, you got to be in sin to get a call from a president. You got to straight be in sin and shout it out from the rooftop. The times we live in. 
scary times, y'all. An unbeliever, unbelievers are morally insensitive. As they continue to sin and turn away from God, they become still more futile in their way of thinking and living. Romans chapter 1, verse 28 and 32. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they, they, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway, and worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Again, plain. There's no need to have like a meeting and be like, all right, what's, let's interpret this. Why? It's black and white. It's plain. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises. They are heartless, have no mercy. They know God's just, and see, and they know that God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, but they do them anyway. And not only do they do them, they try to get everybody to do them. That's crazy. The Bible's written to Christians, right? So this is for Christians. This is not for the world. This is for Christians. So the word of God is being communicated to Christians, to us, right? So he was talking about some Christians there that they refuse to understand. They break their promises. They are heartless. They know God, right? They know God. They know God. They know that his justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do them. Crazy. Verse 20 and 21 of Ephesians. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. But you, you have heard, you have been taught, and you have learned. As the truth is in Jesus, the truth about salvation leads to the fullness of the truth about God. Man, creation, history, life, purpose, relationships, heaven and hell, judgment, and everything else that is truly important. So you've heard about Jesus. You come to, to Faith Dome, you hear Bishop communicate all the time. We, we get good teaching here. You got great leaders here. The connect groups, we're learning about Jesus. We're hearing about Jesus. We're being taught about Jesus. So this truth needs to, requires a response. This truth that we're learning requires a response. 
Are we responding? Or are we those that know about God, but rather let our life and the entertainment and the things that we want to do dictate our lifestyle rather than the word of God? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 to 21, says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. If you see a Christian brother or sister sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give that person life. But, th but there is a sin that leads to death. And I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin. All wicked actions are sin. But not every sin leads to death. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. For God's son holds them securely and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and he is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that may take, that may take God's place in your heart. I love the book of John, the, uh, the first epistle of John. It is, again, black and white, clear, to the point. I believe that if we start reading the word, man, there'd be a transformation because that's, that's what's missing is the word in our life. Because if we start to read this word and meditate on this word and read this word, then we'll start to say what he says. You know what I'm saying? And then we'll start to pray as he prays you know and then we're able to give life because the Bible teaches that there is power in the tongue there's either life or there's death in the tongue okay the Bible teaches that the tongue is powerful it can set a whole force on fire that's what the Bible says so wh what are we saying if we don't know the word of God and we're not communicating God's word, what are we saying? What, what is coming out of our mouths? Is it the nonsense that we watch on television? You know, is it the nonsense that we hear on the radio? No, we just listen to the beats, really. I bet you if I play a beat, you know the whole song. The whole song. Because you just don't listen to the beat. So what are we saying? Are we meditating on God's word? When you wake up, did, and, and, and I tried, I did this like three years ago because I started watching or listening to the radio at night, Christian radio, right? And I would wake up with a song praising God in my heart every morning. It was awesome because I would wake up and I have this song in my mind and in my heart and I'm waking up praising God. But if I was listening to some nonsense, what would I be thinking as soon as I wake up? 
what do, you, what do we think about as soon as, I, as soon as we wake up? Are we having memories or visions of what we've watched that was totally filthy? You know, or are we thinking or, 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 or the tune is in our mind of a song that you know does not glorify God, but you got that tune in your mind, you know, in your body, your head, song. It's very important what we intake. We got to take it seriously because entertainment, entertainment is, it's a, it's, it's a weapon. It's a weapon. And we, we are entertaining ourselves to death. That's all we're doing, entertaining ourselves to death. We, instead of coming to the house of the Lord on the Lord's day, we decide that it's a good day to go to Universal Studios. So you pick the Lord's day to go to Universal Studios instead of gathering with the saints, bringing glory to God, being, being a blessing, you know, helping out at the church or whatever. You decide to go get entertained. Now listen, I'm not saying that's bad, but will you call off from your job and be like, look, I'm, I gotta call off today because I'm going to Universal Studios. What would your boss say? You might need to get a job at Universal. You might wanna, as you go, get an application and fill it out and you could be at Universal on your work day because you're supposed to be here Monday, Tuesday and you got a job to do. We wouldn't do that. But we sure enough will call up and be like, Bishop, Bishop, I'm not coming to church today. Why aren't you coming to church? Well, I got these tickets, and I've had them forever. And I don't want them to expire. So I got to use them today. What were you doing yesterday? Well, yesterday I was busy. Uh, what are you doing on Monday? Monday I got to work. Okay. And you know, Bishop, you know, all right, brother, God bless you. Have fun. <laughs> so loving. Yeah, and he'll be like, why are you all up in the flesh? You all up in the flesh. And then, yes, and then he'll say, have fun. And then we'll pray for you while you're away on vacation here. Pray that you took Jesus with you on that vacation and that you didn't leave him. So, entertainment is serious. It's killing us is definitely not and again the word of God says all things are permissible but are they profitable so my son had um, he was on a soccer team and when we were trying to sign him up for the soccer team we, we were making sure that look we can't come to any games or any rehearsals or practices on a Sunday not going to happen I need to be on a team where they practice on Saturdays and have games on Saturdays or practice sometime during the week. And they set us up with a team and they put us on this team. All of a sudden, the coach decides that we're going to change the practices and we're going to make Sunday practices or and, and, and our games we're going to change to Sunday. I paid money for my son to play soccer in this league and we lost about half a season because they changed the, the, the games to Sunday. Now, would that have been a sin if I would have, you know, left, you know, not came to church on Sunday? No, it wouldn't have been a sin. But that would have been a preaching that my son and my daughter would have been listening to. And they would have been like, 
okay, so there's exceptions to this, you know? So there is times that we could say, we're going to skip the house of the Lord on the Lord's day and we're going to do something else. So everything preaches. Everyone preaches. We're all preachers, especially parents to their kids. You are a pastor. You are preaching for what you do, the decisions that you make, the stuff that you let come into your home, the things that you allow to entertain you. Your son is sitting there. Your daughter is sitting there confused because we read the word and it says not, not to do this. It says no hint of immorality. It says no coarse joking. And it says all these stuff. And then you go home and you're sitting there just watching Scarface like it's all good. That was my favorite movie that I can't watch no more because the word of God says so. Got to crucify the flesh, y'all. We got to live life dead. That's what we got to do. There's a, there's a movie out right now that I'm like, I want to see this movie. I want to see it so bad. But I can't because I've been reading the word and then the word says no hint of immorality. And I look at the trailer and it's crazy because there's all kinds of immorality. So I'm like, all right, Lord, come on. Let me, let me go watch this. And daddy's like, he's like, really? Come on, Lord. I'm not being that convicted right now about this movie. Okay, read the word. Let's see if the word convicts you. So, all things are permissible, but not everything is profitable. And then it goes on to say, whether you eat or drink, do all things for the glory of God. All things for the glory of God. We had an awesome time yesterday. There was a, a DJ that started beatboxing, and this dude was sick. He was beatboxing, and at the same time, he did the whole parable of the sower. And I've never seen that parable presented in such a way to where whoever was here yesterday, you'll never forget it. And it was so on point. The seed that landed on good ground, the seed that landed on the path, the seed that was taken up and, and by, by, by the evil one, the, and, and the seed that was, you know, the choked out by life. And then he talked about the seed that was on good ground. And the seed that was in good ground was planted firmly, and it multiplied. And I was sitting there in awe, like, man, that was awesome. That brother redeemed the time. That brother did all things for the glory of God to the point where he was beatboxing and spitting the gospel all at the same time. There was rappers here that y'all listen to rap nowadays. Rap is crazy. Like, back in the day there used to be a thing that, you know, for them to uh, if you listen to this record backwards there's a crazy message in it. Right? Right? Remember that? You don't got to listen to no record backwards now. Just listen to it forward, and there's a crazy message on that. There's no need to find a way to flip the script, turn it around. Just listen to it forward and listen to it and see how crazy it is. It's nuts. There is no shame. There is no respect, no love for God. And the church is in that gray area where we need to be, we need to, Pick a side. Pick a side. If you're going to be with Jesus, with Daddy, go all out. Don't half step. 
go all out because when you half step, you, you do, you hurt the body when you half step. You hurt the body when you're hallelujah and praise the Lord and then you're at the club and doing all this craziness. That hurts the body because you represented Christ to a bunch of people that are watching you now and that will say, well, that's why I ain't no Christian. I'd rather be here and be real than be a hypocrite. Not knowing that you're saying a bunch of foolishness because we're all hypocrites. Everybody's a hypocrite. But see, they don't understand these things. They don't understand the things of the Lord because their mind has been closed to these spiritual things. I'm going to close with this scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians. It is chapter 5, verse 11 through 21. have the word there's not there's no need to do much just read the word there's no need to to interpret much just read the word because it's black and white it says and this is what the this is what this is what the church grew from it's just the word it says because we understand our fearful responsibility to the lord we work hard to persuade others god knows we are sincere and I hope you know this too. Are we condemning ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have, we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely for a human point from a human point of view how different we know him now this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life is gone a new life has begun all and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sin against them and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so we are Christ ambassadors God is making his appeal through us we speak for Christ when we plead come back to God for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ That's what God did for us, y'all. And that's what he's saying to us today. Come back. Come back to him. Leave the things of the world alone. Do not be consumed by the things of the world. Don't fill yourself up with all that mess. Don't fill yourself up with, with spending time entertaining yourself to death. The video was awesome. What are you filling your life with? 
Are you filling your life with the word of God? Are you filling your life with worship to God? Are you filling your life trying to edify the body? Because we are all going to be judged. We are all going to have to be in front of God. And God is going to say, what did you do with the time that I've given you? Time, once it's gone, it's gone. You don't get that back. Time is very important commodity and we use it very selfishly rather than using it for the glory of God we need to be intentional with our children because they're watching we need to make sure that we're not confusing our children when we preach by the way we live we need to make sure that we're communicating truth to our children and not only communicating truth because you know what they say, actions speak louder than words. You know what they say. It's what the world says. Actions speak louder than words. So what are our actions yelling? What are our actions preaching? Are they confusing our children? Are they confusing those that we claim Christianity to? Are they, conf are they confused when they look at you and they, and they see you with your little Bible and they see you, you know, going to church every Sunday morning? You know, and then all of a sudden, Friday though, you're in your backyard acting crazy. And your neighbor's like, don't, aren't they Christians? Don't they go to church every Sunday? Check, you gotta check yourself. And it's not about being legalistic. It's about being, obeying the word. Because that's what the word says. It's not legalism, it's the word of God. It's not, and again, it's okay to go on vacation. It's okay, to, it's okay to go to Universal Studios. It's okay to do all these things. It's okay to have your son in a soccer team. But are these things taking over your life to where they are becoming idols? That's the biggest problem in America. It's idolatry. We idolize our time. We idolize where, where, where we have this self sense of entitlement like we deserve things when all that we deserve is death but God's grace was showered on the cross over us and we have received this grace in vain because we're not doing nothing to further the gospel we're not doing nothing for the furtherance of the kingdom because we're scared that the world is going to reject us we need to be scared about God rejecting us not the world Make sure the world needs to reject you. According to the word, the, the world should reject you. Because you're standing for holiness. You're standing for righteousness. You are standing for truth. Something that the world does not know, has no clue about. But when you play that half-stepping game, it hurts. I've been really burdened with, with, you know, with the state of the church in general. Not faith, though. Just the body of Christ. Because it's so watered down. People are scared to call sin, sin, because they're going to be looked at. Why are you so holier than thou? No. I suck. I know I'm a sinner. I, I know how much I need this. So I dive into it. I know that if I don't read this word, I'm going to be wrecked. And I'm going to be that dude that hears, depart from me, you evildoer, for I never knew you. 
no matter how many times I come into the sanctuary, no matter how many times I say, well, I'm in the orange tree. I'm in the orange grove. Don't you see me? I'm in the orange grove. I am an orange tree. But I got a whole bunch of little apples hanging from my branches. What's your fruit like? Check your fruit. Be a fruit inspector. And it's, hey, and it's not being judgmental. The word calls us to judge one another. Because God will judge the world. We ought to judge one another. So I'm allowed to come up to you and say, bro, that doesn't look like Jesus. And that's for you. That's God's grace on your life. Because there's people out there that don't even, yo, that's not Jesus. Why? What's Jesus? What's that? That's God's wrath on their life. So I pray that start living for, for God and that we sell out for Jesus that we no longer have step that we no longer worry about the things of this world that we don't longer try to find our identity in the things of this world that we no longer try to fill our lives up with the things of this world because we know that we're not being satisfied that's why we keep going over and over again try to get a fill all you need is Jesus and to fall in love with Jesus. My God, we thank you for this morning, Jesus. We just thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the grace that you have had in our lives, my God. Because looking back, I see the times that I should have been dead. I see the times where some craziness should have happened to me, but your grace when the word says but God but God stepped in and called us out of darkness so that we may be in the light Heavenly Father we thank you Daddy we thank you for your patience on us my God we thank you for your mercy and your grace we thank you Father for allowing us to hear your truth take our, your grace in vain anymore. The apostles were ready to die for your word. Help us be ready to die for you, my God. There's going to be a time, my God, where the church is going to be persecuted, my God. There's going to be a time, my God, where this is going to be illegal. There's going to be a time that I would be arrested for talking about homosexuality as a sin. It's going to come a time where that is considered hate speech. Lord, I pray that we still be willing to stand for your truth, my God. I, I pray that we would be willing, my God, for whatever the cost is, my God, whatever the price may be, my God, to stand on your truth, my God, and that the truth, my God, we would communicate without fear, my God, without worrying about what anybody's going to think but you, my God. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that I've had, Lord, for to share your word, my God. Lord, you're amazing in what you've done in my life. 
If I was to go back, my God, to my high school reunion, my God, it would be crazy, my God. Lord, thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy, my God. I pray, Father, for if there's anybody in this house, my God, that does not know you, my God. Lord, articles don't save people, my God. You can touch them where they are. And if they, right now in their heart, my God, are crying out to you, my God, grant them repentance, my God. Grant them repentance, my God, right now, my God. Created them in you heart, my God. Allow us to see the fruit of this transformation, my God. Give us the privilege to rejoice in the transformation of the lives of our brothers and sisters, my God. God.